Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from our guest speaker. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app or our website for ways to give. I'm so honored and so thankful to be with you. I'm so grateful for, for John Kim and his team, Kairos Global, and, and for Pastor, uh, for Chris, and for this house to, to give us the opportunity to be together this morning. We're enjoying the rich presence of God in our midst this morning. And our desire is that the same spirit that brought revival to Asbury would bring revival to this church and to every church. And our desire is that revival would spread to all churches in Pennsylvania. That revival would spread to every church in America. That the revival that starts in America would be a blessing to all nations. As it was a hundred years ago. Today, the Lord has brought uh, my brother and I before you. It's not a coincidence. So, my heirs, uh, among them, are William Penn, which 300 years ago was given this piece of ground by the King of England. To begin the colony of Pennsylvania. So, William Penn, as I'm sure you know, came to set up this colony for the glory of God. And his desire was to see the kingdom of God realized among the indigenous people and that this place would be a, a piece of ground on the earth that honors the Lord. So we get to be part of a story that goes back for hundreds of years that God's desire is continued to be carried through his people, even among us today. Uh, so uh, Pastor Peter wants me to share a little bit of the history of Pennsylvania with you, which I totally don't feel qualified to do because I'm a Texan. <laughs> I was born and raised in Texas, and I love Texas, but there's something uh, uh, about 20 years ago, I had a, a relative who was doing a family history, and, and she traced us back to William Penn, and so I started studying about William Penn, and I was so uh, blown away by his desire to see God honored on this piece of ground. And it, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you guys probably get Pennsylvania State history in seventh grade, right? That's how we do it in Texas. We spend, of course, well, I don't want to compare histories. But anyway, uh, but, but Pastor Peter, as I was telling him, uh, we were reading the, the Wikipedia page about William Penn, and I was telling him the story of Pennsylvania, and he was so excited that this morning that we get to step into the flow of God working among the nations, and we get to continue to be part of this story this morning with all of you. The gospel being sent out of China and the back to Jerusalem vision. It was 
is something that God started in the hearts of Chinese believers 80 or 90 years ago. And God put it in the hearts of that generation of believers. That the gospel should go out of China back to Jerusalem. And so the believers of that generation took their belongings, everything they owned, and they began marching west to take the gospel back to Jerusalem. And as those believers moved across western China, when they were getting ready to go outside of China, there was political upheaval. And Marxism and atheism and the Communist Party took over in China. And they said there is no God. And they said that uh, God did not create man, man created God. And so Christianity was labeled superstition, it was labeled a cult, it was labeled the opiate of the masses. And it was a, 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 a tool of the imperialist to try and get a foothold in China. So those mission groups that were headed back to Jerusalem were all arrested. And they were uh, called religious zealots or, or religious uh, violators. And they were put into prison. Some of them died in prison. Some of them were in prison for 40 years. Until 40 years later when there was a, a more open political environment and they were allowed to be released from prison. And they were punished very severely while they were in prison. But their faith did not waver through all they suffered. And they became even clearer and the vision that the Lord had given them. And they began to, to write hymns from prison that were secretly passed to the church outside. <laughs> one of those hymns goes like this. Our eyes are fixed on the west. No matter how wide the horizon is, that the Lord's heart is burdened for those people who are waiting. Who will go ahead on behalf of the Lord? That is also my wound. I must gather up my courage and carry the bitter cross. I must begin to walk east westward. <laughs> And offer up my life for the Lord. To go and rescue the lambs that have gone astray. For the comfort of the Lord's heart. And when they were in prison. The Lord began to raise up my generation who were outside of prison. And we began to receive the back to Jerusalem vision. And Isaiah chapter 49, verses 11 and 12 became our theme. That says, And I will make all my mountains a road, and my highways shall be raised up. Behold, these shall come from afar, and behold, these from the north and from the west. And these from the land of Syene. Uh, that my mountains will be made into highways. And I'm going to raise up a path. These are coming from afar. These are coming from the north. And these are coming from the west. 
And these are coming from Sain, or there's a footnote that it's also called Sinem, which in the Chinese understanding of the scripture is the East or is China. Where are they going? They're going to Jerusalem. What are they going to Jerusalem for? In Isaiah chapter 2, from verse 2 to 5, it says, It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. And many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between nations, and shall decide disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. And nations shall not lift up sword against nation, Neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. So it comes to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord is established. And it's above everything. And all people flow to it. And all the peoples, they come and they say, Come on, let's go to the house of the Lord. Let's go to the mountain. Let's go to the house of the God of Jacob. For out of Zion goes forth the law, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He's going to teach us according to his word, and we will listen to him. And he judges between nations and decides disputes for many peoples. And they beat their swords into plowshares. Their spears into pruning hooks. And nations shall not lift up a sword against nations. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Oh, house of Jacob, come. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Our our duty is to carry the word of the Lord, to carry the gospel. From the east and the west and the north. To carry it all the way back to Jerusalem. And in this way to see the numbers of the Gentiles coming into the church. To see all of Israel saved. And to see the nations of this world become the nations of our Lord And he will reign forever and ever. He is the everlasting Father, the Almighty God, the Prince of Peace. And the government will rest on His shoulders. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the gospel going out of China, the gospel continuing its westward trajectory, the gospel going back to Jerusalem, is part of the fulfilling of the great commission that Jesus gave his church. It's also a call that God has given Chinese believers in China and Chinese believers all over the world. It's a strategy that God has given to the global church to bring the church together in the last days. It's the direction and, and the, the, the vision for the whole church to participate in. It's also our responsibility. So God is bringing together the church in the east and the church in the west to work together. That God would pair these two beautiful churches together and see a global unity among his church where everyone can use their gifts for the Lord. That the gospel would continue to move west 
across the routes of the Silk Road. Into Hindu nations and Muslim nations and Buddhist nations. All the way back to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, we were gathering the five main house church families around this vision in 1995. And so we, we put together a, a committee that was uh, to facilitate unity among the churches and taking the gospel back to Jerusalem. Uh, and we call it the Sinem Unity Fellowship after that scripture in Isaiah. And this committee would come together once a month, uh, but we would not uh, prepare in advance where or when we would meet. In uh, 1997, in March, uh, March 16th of 1997. We were having a meeting in the Chinese city of Zhenzhou. Suddenly, two uh, unknown people walked into the apartment where we were meeting. They said, uh, the landlord has sent us to inspect the windows to see if the windows are uh, drafty here. Uh, at that moment, we knew they were not from the landlord. After they left, uh, the door was kicked open and a, a large group of people came in. They were carrying video cameras with them. They said, nobody move, nobody move. And, and it was people from the, the local police and the federal police and the religious bureau. Because I had been in prison so many times, I actually knew all of them. And so I, I stood up and I greeted them. And as I was greeting them, uh, my, my cell phone in my pocket began to ring. Uh, but because I was, I was just so preoccupied with what, what had just happened and with saying hi to all of them, I, I didn't even notice my phone ringing. But they are very smart. And they're uh, very crafty. They said, uh, Mr. Xu, your phone's ringing. And so when I, I answered the phone, it, it was Brother Yoon calling me. He said, uh, uh, Uncle Peter, we're just back from Beijing. We're headed your way. We'll be there in just a few minutes. I'm afraid I'm, I'm not a very smart man. I, if I had been smarter, I would have said, oh, now's not a good time. We have some guests here. <laughs> but I, I, I just was stuck in the moment, and I could just say, uh, uh. And as I was there just stuttering, the, the police said to me, hey, uh, let me see your phone. I need to borrow it for a second. And they took my phone. And they put us into handcuffs. <laughs> and they took us to a, a secret prison. And uh, they interrogated me all night long. And they began to beat me and to kick me. They used uh, the very famous uh, Shaolin uh, Kung Fu. It's famous throughout China. And they, they, they beat me when I was lying on the ground. And they said, if you don't talk, you're never getting out of here. And they would, they would beat me until they were dripping in sweat. And I always felt so bad. I always felt so bad because I thought our, our efforts to spread the gospel and to train workers 
create so much trouble for these guys. Let them be so angry. We 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 cause them to be so angry. That they're they're just they're they're just spending all this energy just to beat us. But the daddy Chitran Shu he just put two e pair. Oh, Xuan Yi, Li. And after they had beat me and I was lying on the ground, they I remember him slapping his leg and they said, "Wow, you're something else." I thought, why would he say that? He doesn't understand us. And uh, another guy came in, a guy in his 30s. And he also began to use kung fu to kick me and to beat me. And he began to sweat. He was covered in sweat. And he kicked me. And he, he, he marched out angrily. And I was just lying on the ground. I dared not move. Because in in my heart, I knew that if the Lord had not allowed this, that it would not be happening to me. And I knew that this was uh, according to God allowing this to happen. So when I was lying on the ground, So as I laid there, uh, someone else came in, <laughs> and he 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 kicked me gently. He said, "Man, all the people who are beating you are getting sick. They they've caught cold now because of you." It felt like uh, I I I needed to ask him for forgiveness. <laughs> I said, "Okay, I'll pray for you all." But I, I still laid there on the ground. I dared not move. And uh, again, another young man in his thirties came in. He was very tall. He was. Uh, he had been a university professor. He kicked me a little bit, and he said, "Come on, you're coming with me." So I stood up and I began to follow him. And so we walked down a very dark alley. And there were two chairs there. So he sat me down and he sat across from me. And his knees were touching my knees. And his eyes were looking into my eyes. And his his nose was right up against my nose. And I had no idea what he was doing. He, he just sat there and he didn't move and he didn't speak. After a little while, I began to 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 fall asleep. And he began to use his knees to bump my knees. But he didn't speak. But then he he bumped my knees again with his knees. And then at about midnight, he said, "If you don't talk, we're going to give you ten eastern dawns." What is a, or, or I'm sorry, a red dawn? What is a red dawn? It is a slow awakening from today morning, dawn starts. A red dawn is when they interrogate you nonstop for 24 hours, so that you you you're awake when the sun comes up on the first day, and they keep you awake until the sun comes up the next day. But it's using this kind of slow awakening method to open our eyes, to allow us to. So they use this method to to try to exhaust you, to try to wear you out, to get you to betray the Lord, to get you to betray the church and betray your coworkers. In the Chinese underground churches, through all these years of persecution, we have a a custom, a habit. When the lion roars at you, you have to say, That you should grab on to the mouth of the lion, and say, "I know nothing." <laughs> like when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, "I'm the one you're seeking. Let these other people go." Uh, Jesus did not say, "Oh well, this is my disciple Peter, and this is my disciple John. They're all with me." <laughs> So that、uh, they were all arrested. Also, that's not what Christ did. Christ said, "It's me that you want. Let them go." Yeah. That, 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 how can they allow this to happen? 
So why why is this allowed to be this way? Because they use every method they can to try and get you to confess, to try and get information out of you. So he said, if you don't talk, we're going to give you ten red dawns. I just give so much thanks to the Lord. I remember one time, uh, Brother Yun, he told me. He said, uh, Pastor Peter, you remember that time in 1982 when we were young and we were out preaching? Uh, and someone had said that we preached solid for eight days without sleeping. Some people said, no, it was nine days that we, we ministered solid for nine days straight. Brother Yun said, no, it wasn't eight, it wasn't nine. I remember it was 13 days that we ministered nonstop, no sleeping. 13 days straight. When the, the Holy Spirit was stirring revival in China, we were working nonstop. Because everywhere there was need, everywhere wanted to hear the gospel. This, this meeting would end here at midnight. And then there would when this meeting ended, another meeting was waiting for us to come and preach. And so we would travel, as soon as one meeting ended, in the middle of the night, we would travel to the next meeting. And, and we, would, we would arrive and they would already be worshiping. And, and so we would have a time of prayer, we would have a, a, a moment to wash our faces and to eat it. And, and the, the other people had all come secretly at different times. And then the meeting would last all day long. And then uh, we would have our baptisms that same night. We would uh, have the Lord's Supper together. And then at, at midnight, the meeting would end and we would go on to the next meeting. And so when he said to me, we're going to give you 10 red dawns. I, I thought, the Lord has already given me 13 red dawns. It's no big deal. Praise the Lord. So I remember they, they gave me one red dawn. And, and when he got off work at 8 a.m. the next morning, he handcuffed me to the stairway that was there. And the, the next people, that the next shift came and they took off my handcuffs. And they, they put me into a police car. And they took me to a different secret prison. And when I got there, I saw that Brother Yun had also been moved to this prison. And my wife had also been arrested and was there with eight other of our co-workers. And they put us each into individual cells. They gave us uh, two meals a day. Uh, there was a little bit of uh, rice porridge soup and a little piece of bread. And so they were using hunger as a weapon to try and get you to speak, to interrogate you. Uh, we had already been fasting at that time. My, my wife was on a 10-day fast. She hadn't eaten for 10 days. So she was using fasting and prayer to overcome the torture that they were trying to give us by denying us food. And I was in this little, little cell that they put me in, and I was so anxious. Because they, they were treating us as if we had been kidnapped. Nobody knew what had happened to us. Our relatives didn't know. The church did not know we had been arrested. Our, our, our co-workers, our overseas partners didn't know what had happened to us. So if the people outside didn't know where we were, how could they be praying for us? So my heart was so burdened. So I, I would wake up very early every morning and begin to pray in my cell. And so as I was praying and this morning, the word of the Lord came to me and said, I'm releasing Brother Yun. I said, Lord, these, 
These gates are, are iron gates. There are bars over the window. How, how could this be? How will you do this? So I'm afraid with a heart of doubt, I walk to the door of my cell. I grabbed onto the door of my cell and I pushed it and the door opened. And I was so afraid. I saw, how can a prisoner open their own door? So I grabbed it and closed it. <laughs> and so I began, I, I closed it and I began to pace again and I began to pray. And as I, as I was praying, the Holy Spirit spoke to me again. I, the Holy Spirit said, I'm working a miracle right now. Why are you delaying things? <laughs> so I walked back to the door of the prison, turned the door, opened it, and it opened again. So I looked out the, in the prison hall, and, and, and there was nobody in the hallway. So I thought, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the restroom. I didn't need to use the restroom. Mm -hmm. I, I thought, I'll, I'll walk to the, to the bathroom and see what the Holy Spirit says. Uh, because then if, if a police officer sees me there, I can just say, oh, I was just going to the bathroom and they won't be suspicious. When I walked to the bathroom, it was completely quiet. So, so I took a few more steps and I walked to Brother Yun's cell. When I grabbed onto the door of his cell, I turned the door and I pushed it open and the door opened. The, the doors of the prison, they're supposed to be such that you can, they can be opened by the officers from the outside, but they can't be opened from the inside. When I opened the door, Brother Yun was standing there at the doorway. He looked at me in the eyes and I was staring at him in his eyes. And it was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I told him, I said, God is releasing you. Uh, Brother Yun is so sensitive to the Spirit. And, and he has such great respect for older believers. Especially in, in this uh, unique circumstance of being in prison together. And I could tell just by looking at him that he had received what I said. So quickly I returned back to my cell and I closed my door and I began to pray. When I was praying, the Holy Spirit spoke to me that the king's business is urgent. Uh, this is a, a Bible verse from the book of Esther. And so I opened my door again. And I went, walked back toward the bathroom, back to Brother Yun's cell. I, I could see that his cell door was open just a little bit. When I opened it up, he was gone. The Lord led him out. My heart began to race. I said, Lord, oh, please protect my brother. Please watch over your servants. Now every moment, every second is so important. Because if the police see him running, they're going to shoot him on the spot. So I went back to my cell and I closed the door. And I laid down and I covered my head with my blanket and I began to pray desperately. As I was praying, I could hear outside the, the, the bars of the window, I could hear a, a heavy rain start to fall. And the word of the Lord came to me again. That I will cover you with snow. And my heart began to have peace. Because now when the police realized that he was gone, if they wanted to chase after him, they would have to get out all their rain gear, put on their boots and their, their coats. And so it gave Brother Yun more time to get away. 
And if they had gotten out the police dogs to go and try and find his scent, the rain would help cover the scent and they wouldn't be able to find him. In this way, God led Brother Yoon out of prison and my heart was so comforted. Because I knew that once Brother Yoon got out, that he would be able to inform the rest of the church and they would be able to pray for us. And from that after that time, I spent three more years in that prison. And, and some people have asked me, why didn't you just go with him? But at the time, that I never even considered that. Because the Lord didn't say he was releasing me. He said he was releasing him. Three years later, when I came out of prison, there were some brothers and sisters who were waiting for me at the door of the prison. And they said, Brother Liu is on the phone from Germany. He's asking to speak with you. Of course, in prison, we're not allowed to speak to one another. We just did manual labor every day. And when we had time to ourselves, we just sat quietly and faced the wall. So I had already kind of developed a habit of not really speaking. So when they told me, Brother Liu is calling from Germany to say hi to you, I just... But I was thinking to myself, who do I know named Liu that lives in Germany? And so I was listening to this person talk. And then I realized, oh, it's Brother Yun. And I was so thankful. That in that one moment of the Holy Spirit, in that one moment of submission to the Holy Spirit, God worked a miracle. And He released Brother Yun from prison. He launched Brother Yun out of prison like the Lord launched uh, the, the stone that struck. A Goliath out of David's sling. That he sent him out of China. He sent him over to Europe. He, he sent him into Germany. And, and Brother Yun began to share the vision of back to Jerusalem. And this vision began to spread in Europe and then in America. I was so thankful. I thought, oh, this is so wonderful. After that three years in prison, the, the church in America had been praying for me and the, there, there were some American government, members of government who had been praying for me. And, and 44 congressmen sent a letter to the government of China uh, telling the president at the time, Jiang Zemin, to please release me from prison. Yeah. And, and President Clinton also inquired on my behalf three different times through uh, some religious affairs bureaus. Uh, I won't go into the details because we don't have a lot of time this morning. But after President Clinton, uh, on his third visit to China, after he left, he told some American missionaries working in Beijing, when uh, Brother Xu gets out of prison, if he wants to come to America, let me know and we'll make that happen. So when I got out of prison, I saw all of these documents. But I thought, how could I ever go to America? 
I've been arrested five different times. I don't have a passport. I don't have an ID card. I'm a convict. I'm someone who spent years and years in prison. They won't ever issue me a passport. But we continue to pray. Uh, when uh, George W. Bush became president, God opened a, 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 a marvelous way for me. And in 2001, in May, I arrived peacefully and safely in the United States. The following year, uh, Brother Yun came from uh, Germany and came and visited me in America. And we, we met each other in L.A. And I, and I apologized to him. I said, uh, remember that time when you called me? Uh, if I had been a little bit smarter, you would not have been arrested. And and Yun Dishong's brother Yun said, No, 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 that's not true. That this is all in the hands of God. Otherwise, how would I have been able to escape? What, what, is, what is the story behind his testimony? It's because I, I got stuck on the phone going, uh, uh, and the police took my phone. And Brother Yun called again. And, and, and he told me that when he called back, the person who answered the phone was not, it was not Peter and it was not one of their co-workers. Uh, but we, we, we weren't sure. We, we didn't have enough discernment. And they told us, come on, guys. <laughs> so we, we just came on over. And they had already uh, decorated the outside. And when they, when they came in, the, the police were hiding on the inside. And when they came in, they said, everybody put your hands up. Don't move. And they, they took off their, uh, their belts. Why would they take their belts off? That, that uh, if you tried to run, your pants wouldn't fit, so you would have to run more slowly. <laughs> but Brother Yun had already been trained about these things. When Yun Dishong would train uh, preachers in China, he would tell them, He said, You must always be prepared to preach. You must always be prepared to run away. You must always be prepared to go to prison. And you must always be prepared to be martyred. That was the circumstance that workers were trained in in China. So because we, we want to see the Great Commission fulfilled, so we must be ready to preach the gospel at every moment. When, when you're preaching the gospel in China, you always have to be prepared for the police to come and say, what are you doing? Who are you? So in those moments, you have to be prepared to escape. And if you can't escape and you're arrested, you have to be prepared to go to prison. And once you're in prison, you must always be prepared to die. So when they told Brother Yun, put up your hands. He slowly, he was taking off his belt and he was slowly moving toward a window. As he moved, he was on the second story of this building and as he moved toward the window, the police officer said, what are you doing? And he jumped out the window. And he, he fell from the second story. But they had already surrounded the building, so the police were also waiting for him on the outside. And so they, they, they picked him up off the ground. And uh, we were all put into that prison. Yeah. 
they broke his legs. They said, are you still going to preach the gospel? Are you still going to run away from us? So when I pushed open the door to his prison, everyone thought that he was a cripple because he couldn't walk. When he had been uh, taken to the dining area of the prison, people had to carry him. But when I told him, God is releasing you, he stood up in faith and he forgot that he was a man who had broken his legs. He said, because of the word you spoke to me, I walked through five locked prison doors. There were, there were guards at every door. As he walked through the doors, nobody spoke to him. I was, he said it was like I was made of glass and they, they saw through me. And when he got out the, the door to the uh, doorway, the exterior door of the prison, that immediately a yellow taxi pulled up and stopped right in front of him. And they, he said, the driver asked him, are you going to work? And he said, yes. <laughs> and he got in the car. <laughs> and the, the taxi began to drive away. And then the, the rain began to fall. And he had such a, a simple heart when he was riding in the taxi. And he was very uh, clear in his spirit. He saw that there was a, a, a key hanging from the, the, the rearview mirror of the taxi. And the Lord spoke to him. When uh, I open a door, nobody can close it. When I close the door, no one can open it. That he is the one who holds the keys. So in that way, God brought Brother Yun out of China. When he, was at, when he escaped from prison, the police were looking for him everywhere. There were these wonderful uh, expat missionaries who helped him. Uh, there was this missionary who had two passports, and so he let Brother Yun use one of them. And they, they took Brother Yun's picture and put it into this guy's passport. And they, they, they took him to uh, pass through immigration. The, the, the missionary was from Germany. And uh, he, the, the, the guy at immigration looked at it and said, this isn't uh, your, your face. Because there was a record on the computer. Uh, that, that, that brother had a, a very different face than Brother Yun. Uh, brother Yun's hairline comes down very far on his forehead. He said, I, this, isn't, this isn't right, this isn't you. Uh, and Brother Yun just laughed. He just smiled and didn't say anything. Because if he had spoken, they would have realized uh, that the, the voices don't match if they had a voice record. And so the, uh, when the, the immigration officer saw him smiling, he, he thought, well, this, this probably isn't too big of a problem. It's like, uh, this is probably some kind of joke. He just said, okay, he stamped it and let him go. Oh, okay. He said, uh, he said, I know you're not going to be able to get into Germany with this passport, so I'll welcome you back when you come back. And so he was able, he, he got to Frankfurt when he was going when he was going through immigration in Frankfurt, they said, this, this isn't you, this doesn't match. Uh, they, they handcuffed him 
And they, they, they put him in a holding cell. And they, they said, what, what's your story? What do you, want to, what do you have to say? And he, he said, I, I was uh, arrested for the sake of the gospel and I escaped. And they asked him, do you have any friends in Germany? And, and so he gave them the name of a German missionary, and they called this, this German missionary. And so they gave him permission to, to come into Germany. And when he got to Germany, of course, he didn't speak any German. But his heart was so desperate. He began to write a book. And he wrote uh, The Heavenly Man. And it, it's gone all over the world. And I'm sure some of you here have read this. Uh, when, he, when he had written this book, he gave me a manuscript of it. I thought, man, this, you know, Brother Yun, he's not well educated. Why, how can he write such an amazing book? Uh, in China, we have a tradition that, uh, it's, you know, you really shouldn't write a book about yourself. You should die, and someone else should write the book about you. <laughs> so I kind of put it away, and I didn't read it for a long time. Uh, and one time I was on a trip to Beijing. And uh, one morning I didn't have anything else to do, so I got the manuscript out. And as I began to read it, I couldn't stop reading. And in one sitting, I, I read the whole thing. I thought, man, this is amazing. <laughs> I, I could never write a book like this. Because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit was all over this book. And through this book, he, he began to inform the global church about what God was doing in China and what God was doing through the Back to Jerusalem movement to, to spread it to the English-speaking world for the gospel to go back to Jerusalem for the gospel is, is a part of the Lord's desire to see all people come to know him it's part of the Lord's desire to fulfill the great commission so we, we have to work together as the church in the west and the church in the east to train Chinese missionaries, to send out Chinese missionaries. We know that there are many Western mission organizations, and our hope is that they will be they will be willing to cooperate and work with the Chinese missionaries. That where American missionaries have been able to make inroads. The Chinese can go and reach out to the Chinese people who are already in those communities. Because Chinese are everywhere. There's no place on the earth where you can go and not run into Chinese people. Our Western brothers and sisters are not equipped to reach out to them because of cultural and language barriers. But if we can work together and, and those Western missionaries will help the Chinese missionaries come into those places. But maybe those Chinese missionaries don't have great language. But they can start working among the Chinese communities in those places. And so so there will be no language or cultural barrier. And they can begin to build bridges with those Chinese people. Because the day of the Lord is near. So I, I, my hope is that the churches, that, that you will also be praying for the churches in China. That you will also be praying for the gospel to be preached back to Jerusalem. 
That everywhere and all along the ancient routes of the Silk Road, that the gospel would be spread all through the nations. That the army of the Lord would be sent out from the east. That we would be able to be supported by the 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 gifts and the the callings of our Western brothers and sisters. That you would help the Chinese church develop their resources. So that the army of the Lord can go all across the Silk Road. Toward Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless all of you. Thank you. There is one story uh, that Peter would like to share. One quick story, maybe, you know, ten, you know, ten more minutes. But you are free to be dismissed right now. But there's just a story that I feel like he he needed to share that is for this church. And so, please, there's no pr- pressure, you know, for for you guys to stay. Um, you're free to be uh, dismissed. But we'll 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 give this short time for Pastor Peter to share one more story, and then we'll end. Thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you so much for, for being patient and, and allowing me to have a little bit more time. In uh, 1988, uh, Billy Graham had heard of the work that we were doing training workers. So he was making a visit to China and he uh, reached out through some common contacts and asked if we could have a meeting together. So after praying about it for a long time, I went to Beijing to meet with him. I remember our, our meeting was supposed to be in the evening. Uh, and they said, someone will take you to the place where you should sit. Uh, don't, don't say anything. Uh, and, and Billy Graham is going to be informed as to what seat you will be in. Uh, and after the meeting, someone will lead you out first. <laughs> because it was a, a, a very sensitive time and a sensitive meeting. Uh, but the, the night... Uh, before the meeting was to begin, that, that noon I was arrested. And, and, in, and in prison, I, I, I was tortured so much. But I give so much thanks to God. Because we believe that the things that come into our lives are brought by the Father. So that in everything we can experience the Lord. When, when the Lord called me, he spoke to me and said, Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Uh, aren't the hairs of your head numbered? If, if the Father does not allow it, not one falls to the ground. Aren't you more precious than many sparrows? So I tell you, I know all the number of the hairs of your head. Don't, don't be concerned about your, your body, what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. Those are the things the Gentiles seek. But you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he will give you all things. So I know that uh, from the moment God called me, everything we experience, God knows about it. Praise the Lord. They, they, they gave me a very severe sentence that time. But through the prayers of the church in America and through the help of the American church, uh, that my sentence was reduced to just three years. And through these three years, 
I would think, you know, it wasn't me that wanted to see Billy Graham. It was him that reached out to me. So, so, and I had prayed about it for a long time before going to see him. So, who would have thought that the Lord would allow me to be arrested under those circumstances? So, when I went into the prison, I began to fast. Uh, we were served two meals a day. Uh, I would fast one of those meals. And I would fast all day on Sunday. Uh, sometimes on special occasions, I would fast for three or five or seven days. I said, and, and I'm going to keep this habit until I'm released from prison. Or the Lord uh, takes me home. And so I, as I was there, all of my brothers and sisters, both overseas and in China, were praying for me. And they would, they would bring things to me in prison. And they would want me to, to receive the things that they had brought. But because of the, uh, the, the, the vow that I had made before the Lord, I, I wouldn't take any of the food that they had brought me. And I would, I would tell the guards that I don't know those people. Because I didn't want to create any trouble for them. Who would have thought that through this process of being in prison, that the Holy Spirit did something amazing. <laughs> In 1985, we had one underground seminary. In 1986, we had seven underground seminaries. In 87, we had 15 underground seminaries. Uh, so when I was arrested at that time, we had 15 underground seminaries operating. And, and so when I went into prison, I thought it's going to really impact the training that's happening. It's going to really affect the underground seminaries. But who would have thought when I was released from prison, in 1991, there were... 23 seminaries, underground seminaries, all operating. <laughs> and one seminary, they would train 30 students at a time. So how many could be trained in 23 seminaries? So I, I think what John is doing, what Kairos Global is doing, is so important. We have to bless them. We have to bless the training of our young people. We need to call out the young people that they would be clear that the God has a call for their life to, to, to go and to be part of these kind of trainings. The training centers are like the military academies of the kingdom. That through these training academies, that they can become part of these mission teams. We call them in, in China, we call them gospel teams. And our gospel teams are the special forces of heaven. And they go wherever the Holy Spirit leads them to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the, the people who get saved, they set up a, a new house church in that place. And the church is the representative of heaven's government in that place. And so they, they through prayer and through their, their lives, they manifest the life of Jesus. And they call out the next generation. And they support them to go and to be trained in the things of the kingdom of God. And this way, the local church is the, the representative of, the, of God's government, of the government of heaven. And they raise up the army of the Lord. And they raise up this kind of seminary and, and uh, spiritual training. 
that our sons and daughters will become the special forces of heaven's army. This was the original uh, mode of church we see in the Bible. That Jesus trained his disciples. He sent them out. And he said, all of you go. And baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have taught you. And I am with you until the very end of the age. My death you carry with you. That my authority and my power and my life you carry with you. That it brings an end to the age of Adam. And it ushers in the new age of the reign of God's Christ, Jesus. This is the role of the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I pray that we'll all get behind the work that John is doing. I pray that the East Church, that the church in the East and the church in the West will come together. I pray that through this way that the revival fire spreads quickly. From Asbury. From right here in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen.